Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is the deep dive. This time, I've got uh, a player on. I think I've had a player on before. If you count Bren as a Valorant player, then I've had a player on before. Actually, Astro, I've had on. Actually, Astro. Yeah, so. you had Astro, and I. Think Another main support. Another beast main support in Liar. Liar, I wanted to get you on because we had a really interesting conversation the other night at the Toronto after party. Um, did you want to? I really want you to kind of start with that story. I don't know if you've told people yet what happened when you went out for a night oh, out. Okay, so I'm not gonna dive. That, that is one thing I probably should not dive into all the details <laughs> on. But uh, you know, we were at grand finals, and you know, we were out uh, partying and stuff with a group of people. I won't say who, and um, you know, I got a little bit too intoxicated, and. <laughs> um let's like let's just say thank goodness for toronto having free health care um i might have woke up in a clinic um <laughs> but i was fine i'm good okay nothing happened i think i just was a little too intoxicated and i don't remember how i ended up there but you know a hangover moment i made it i lived how bad how badly did you get hangovers because like i am dead for like the next day and i've not had a hangover in years to be fair i could have changed but as i'm getting older i feel like it's even worse so i definitely do get hangovers i'm not really good at drinking like water um when i'm drinking but yeah like the next day i uh woke up from like the place and i ubered back to my airbnb and i did not go to the event that day i was literally in bed till I mean, I was bad all night. I think I went to bed finally at 7 p.m. and I woke up at like 3 a.m. Oh my God. Okay. We just had a discussion before we started this about sleep schedules. And that's exact. like, that makes sense now why your sleep schedule is actually hella messed up. And you call me messed up for like getting up at 5 a.m. every day. I'm like, come yeah. on, bro. You're, you're having like two naps and shit like during the day. Come on. No. Well, the thing is like, after that day, I was able to go back to sleep at like six in the morning, six seven, and I was able to go uh, to the event that day. Um, but yeah, like for me, one thing, like if I ever want to fully reset my sleep, I have to stay up a full twenty four hours. Like I have to, like mentally and physically exhaust my body to the point where it's like if I do go to bed at ten or eleven. Like, I'm going to get full, like, sleep and wake up at, like, 7 or 8. I do like having a good sleep schedule. Like, when I'm in school, I, I try and have one. Um, but I'm on, like, the gamer schedule right now. I mean, what are you doing right now? You said, uh, you said before that you're not studying this semester, right? Yeah, so uh, for those who didn't know, I used to play, like, in collegiate. And... Um, uh, I got picked up to Owl this year, and Owl, uh, at the end, conflicted with the collegiate kind of like two or three weeks. And this season was pretty stressful um, on me. I didn't really get like a break that I would normally get. So I was just like, I'm going to take a semester off um, because, you know, we had grand finals at the end of the month. Um, and I was also looking to go to BlizzCon, but I don't think oh, I'm going to nice. be doing that anymore because it's just it's so expensive yeah um but yeah right now i'm just like taking a semester off and i'm doing coaching on the side i've been doing some sessions and stuff oh hell yeah easy mode i mean coaching's something that 
Even Jake was kind of talking about coaching too at one point. I mean, it seems like a very good opportunity for a lot of players, like during the off season and whatnot. Yeah, um, I think that coaching it gives me something to do because um, I'm not really doing anything right now. I also can make some money doing it, and uh, depending on like the player, like I definitely could see you know Jake was a coach um, on Outlaws and stuff. Um, if that's something you're interested in doing, then I definitely think you should do it. But I know not everybody has the patience to like watch like a VOD, take notes and like try and coach players. Like some people just aren't good with people. I feel like I'm a, I'm a people's person so I can do that stuff. I mean, on the side, yeah. I mean, if you've got nothing going on right now, you might as well, right? Cause obviously the, Overwatch League, this is, oh, this is recorded, by the way, on the 6th of the 10th, or the 10th of the 6th, if you're Americans, um, just, a, America. just an FYI, so <laughs> just uh, after everybody's kind of gotten back from Toronto, no COVID, by the way, I know everybody's been, oh, like, checking yeah. every single day, I don't know if you, like, got coronavirus or anything like that, because no. every, but our talent chat's, like, blowing up, making sure everybody's, like, testing negative yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, um, so a lot of people I was hanging out with, like, uh, like, Majed, and Kaluge and like basically like all the Toronto and uh, like American Tornado and people like I know Dante has like turbo COVID. Um, he was saying like he can't hear, and I had the same thing when I got COVID. Um, like my hearing got really like muffled. Wow. And in a sense, but yeah, like I somehow dodged it because I think uh someone at my air uh, my Airbnb got COVID. But I lived. Jesus. Somehow you live. I have been in the Airbnb COVID situation. It yeah. sucks. I, w we went to Korea for uh, Seth's uh, or Achilles' wedding. And uh, I'm going to blame Albert, actually. Albert, I'm pretty sure, was patient zero for that Airbnb. Actually, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because it was me, Bren. Uh, no, Bren was actually in a different Airbnb. It was me, uh, a vast... It was... Um, Avast, some of Avast's friends and like there was a big group of us basically is what I'm saying and like Albert, I'm pretty sure Albert got it or like maybe Roston gave it to him or somebody but then oh my god the, the death in that small Airbnb, yeah. I was dying for at least a couple of days, like we went out to this uh, fish market and we were eating some good old fish, like it was really nice there's a hell of fish everywhere that's all alive you kind of uh, point the fish you want, they cut it up for you etc and then you eat it upstairs damn and I, dude, it was sick. It's a wet market, pretty much. Um, okay. it's, it's super, it's super awesome. Um, wait, is wet market the, the right, word? right word? I don't know. I've never, right? I've, I've never been to a wet market, but but it was wet and it was yeah. a market, so I'm assuming that's what it's called. Maybe I get the term yeah. wrong, but it was really awesome, despite the fact I was sick as a dog. Like I was dying. There's a picture. I think Bren was like sitting far away from me, and he took a picture of me, and I'm just like death bro like humongous like bags under my eyes i'm just like pale i'm like trying to eat this food i'm enjoying it but like i'm just dying so i think quite lucky actually not getting covid if you uh stayed in an airbnb with someone that had it that uh, yeah i'm not gonna lie like uh so i've only gotten covid once and it was <laughs> at the end of this collegiate event you know wheats right yeah wheats was a super spreader like he was patient zero <laughs> and we were me renko wheats uh were sharing like a hotel room and he infected me and Renko like the night before we left. That is also one of the worst travel stories I've ever had. I lost my, uh, they lost my carry on. And we also what? got, yeah, we also got delayed 
um, a full day and we had to go stay in a hotel and the hotel was not cleaned and there was roaches in my room. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah, and I had and I had COVID and I'm not I've never felt worse uh than like COVID. I had every symptom imaginable and like I was sick for a week. Holy hate- shit. That yeah, must have been was, the new strain then, because they everybody's saying the new strain is like crazy bad. It was just, it was around well not around this time, but it was like yeah, around this time last year, like in September. So yeah. maybe. I don't know. That is messed up. I, I did I did speaking of like Dante as well, you mentioned a minute ago. I did he when I spoke to him, it, i just he had no voice. Like he oh, could barely yeah. speak like two words. Yeah, when I was talking to him, I was like, bro, just don't talk. Like, give me one of these, these, <laughs> or these. Like, that's those are your, your talking points. Because, like, he was just like, I mean, I, I can't even imitate it. Like, there was nothing was coming out. Yeah, yeah, there was uh, nothing coming out of that, mind, uh, that man's mouth. What did you yeah. uh, think of uh, Toronto overall? Did you have a good time? Um, Toronto was really nice. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I've never been to Canada before, so it was really fun going to a new city. And I'm from the suburbs so i'm not like a really big city person i don't really go out to the city ever so it was cool to go to a city like of that caliber and especially in canada because um i don't know it's just different culture but it was fun it's it i wouldn't say it's any it's not like crazy different I found from like places like New York, but everybody was like, it's basically just a cleaning New York. Like Toronto is an amazing city. My yeah. God, the food I, there is insane. And like, everything's obviously kind of in walking distance as well. You don't really need to take Ubers anywhere because everything's kind of close. It's, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. I'd move so, there if I could. Yeah. So my mom, uh, lives in like New York and I went there once and like, I didn't even go to like the city city. Like I was still in like, not suburbs, but like, I guess where like the houses are, I guess. But right. yeah, uh, it's definitely a lot cleaner. That's one thing I was saying uh, is just like, there wasn't a lot of trash everywhere. There wasn't as many homeless people as I thought there would be, especially like in a in a big city like that. But yeah, the food was really good. I didn't really eat at like restaurants, but like the fast food itself was... <laughs> already better than america that's so crazy that like everyone has standards on america where it's like oh we're fucking pigs and like we just (laughs) eat fast food but like dude our fast food isn't even good compared to the rest of the world like it's just insane yeah if you ever get a chance to go to korea eat some of their like street food and stuff like that it'll blow your fucking mind or even japan too it's just insane i want to go to japan i want to go back it's it's one of the most amazing countries of all time like if you think you've seen clean streets and stuff like that, you have not seen Japan. Like, Japan is the cleanest country I've ever been to. And it's just, everybody is super nice as well. And, like, it's very easy to find your way in Japan, too. And it's very, yeah, it's it's really awesome. Like, you feel super safe as well. Um, or most of the time. Uh, Bren heads yeah. out there will know the Yakuza stories. But, like, most of the time, like, you are Uh-oh. just 100% safe. I know... Uh you go like me and you are on the vast coast stream sometimes but like a big meme there is like i'm a huge weeb and i yep. mean you, you can yep. you can fucking attack on titan poses yeah attack yeah. on titan and then high q so like you know i, I listen i do watch <laughs> anime okay I, i'm not gonna not gonna lie but i do want to visit japan because uh i mean it's just such a cool place not even like not even for anime just like it seems like such a cool 
a place for like food and culture there's so many like cool uh tourist spots you can go to but i would want to try and learn some japanese before i go there just so i can like i feel like i'd be a burden if i'm just like oh i don't speak any like i don't understand shit but I, most places that i went to i i had when i went on the trip for a few days near the end of my trip i had someone that spoke japanese and that was like very easy to like get into very nice places with really good food but like for the most part it's pretty easy to get around like a lot of the signs are in english too and the train or like the subway or whatever like and the people that live there as well a lot of them speak english so it's if you need help you can kind of find people that speak english it's like um and like i said everybody's like really friendly and like native toronto torontoans native people just toronto that live live there their whole lives as well like they're also really nice if you if you need something i found and it's just the clash of cultures is crazy um and like you were saying i think even Toronto, which is just over kind of the border to America, is like very different in like culture and everybody is everybody is very nice. Everybody's very yeah. Nice. Everybody in Toronto was so nice. Like I was saying this, like I was going through airport security, and this was the first time I wasn't being yelled at. Like, like <laughs> oh really? Well, yeah. I was on the other way through. I'll tell you that right uh, now. Oh yeah, like I think I told you this, but like when I was going through customs to get into Canada, like the guy took a look at my passport and he looked up and said you're only 23 like that's the only question he had like uh like and first off i'm not even 23 i was like i'm 22 he was like oh my bad but i was just like i guess like yeah man i'm only 22 he's like i guess it's the beard i'm just like i guess it's they don't care yeah i don't know they they were really nice though yeah they were definitely really nice i mean the the beard definitely adds a couple years at least my face on the other hand cannot grow facial hair yeah i was I was talking Very to you at, at the bar and I was just like, yeah, I, I thought you were like mid twenties, like maybe at oldest, like 27, 28, but like you're 30 or 31. Yeah. I'm 30. I just turned 30, 30 this year. 30. Hey, listen, yeah. you look really young for a 30 year old. So I'll take you still it. got some time. You still got some time left. Massive W. Massive. Yes. I still got some time left until I'm booted off of esports commentary. Cause I look too old. I mean, Hey, tell, tell that to someone like Mitch, bro. Like no, like much older than I am. Mitch, well, no, I say much older. He's like two years. Him and him and Mr. X are definitely, or Mr. X is definitely probably one of the oldest casters in esports, right? Like, no, I think Tastostis are older. I'm pretty sure Tasteless is older than Matt. Could be wrong because they've been doing it for ever. Yeah, like, like, commentary at least. But yeah, yeah I would like, say Matt may be on the upper end of things when it comes to age, yeah. Yeah, because I remember like um like when I first started like getting into video games, like I played like Call of Duty and stuff. And that was like my first ever like introduction to like esports. And I just remember seeing like Mr. X like coaching complexity at the time. Yeah. And then he transitioned into like a caster and COD and then like, you know, now he's in Overwatch and who knows after this season what he'll be doing next, but he'll do good for himself anywhere he goes. So, Yeah, that's very true. Um, I, I do want to kind of touch on that too, because, man, the I don't know if you watched like the final death segment, but, man, we all like tears in our eyes, like rubbing our eyes and shit like that. It was it was emotional. And yeah. I've, said, I've said this to a lot of people um, uh, in the green room and stuff, and I was like, it's crazy 
when you actually go to these events because me and Scott have just been in the studio, um, the EE studio the whole year, just like casting and stuff, which is great, by the way. Uh, unreal studio. And like actually being with your co-caster rather than like being online is just, it's night and day. But then yeah. it's also night and day when you go to like a live event. But I think a lot of the time, because we're doing online stuff and there's no audience all the time, like Valorant has right now with their studio every single week, you always kind of forget that there's a lot of people that love the desk, the casters, the players, the events and everything, right? Like it's it's really odd. And when we were doing that speech or when Zoe was doing the speech and we're all kind of stood there, like everybody, there was like so many people behind the camera. It was like hard to really picture because the camera was mainly focused on Zoe and like the rest of the desk. But like, my yeah. God, there were a lot of people and every, like even some of the crowd people were like, you know, getting tears in their eyes. And yeah, I, d I just wanted to kind of get your two cents on on that and just kind of the event as a whole. Cause man, Overwatch League has been such a big part of like a lot of people's lives. Yeah, so I actually watched it um, like two days ago and I was like thinking to myself like, like Jake was crying at the end, like Zoe was like tearing up. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I don't know how Zoe got through that without like bawling her eyes out. Cause yeah. she's been here like so long. And like, it did make me take like a step back and think to myself like, this has been a part of my life. Obviously, I haven't been in Overwatch League, but ever since Overwatch League came out, I always wanted to be a part of like Overwatch. Um, because at first, my goal was to be on an academy team. I never thought I'd be in Overwatch League. Um, so watching that and like it kind of did put it into perspective. Like, okay, this is probably not going to be here next year whether it's you know just overwatch league so i i did get uh, i did get a little bit emotional thinking about it because i was just like wow like this has been going on for six years like that's like a long time and i've been putting so much effort and time into it and for me i i think it's probably different for you because like you've been casting and you know you've been here for a couple of years now but like this is my first year in the league i yeah. finally achieved overwatch league and it just was like dang i never got to fully experience like the peak of what this league could have been or what it was like in season one and two like whenever i hear people talking about those stories like I'm just like, man, I really wish I was there for that because that that was the dream to like live with your teammates, um, compete in front of a crowd and going to that event. Like you said, like you kind of forget how many people love Overwatch. And I uh, was talking to one of my friends. I was like, dude, when we were playing online, I'm playing in like front of 34 in front of. 30 to like 40,000 people. I don't know what the average was, but like it was at least like 20 plus thousand. This year in NA, it was more like 60 plus K. Yeah. It was a lot so, of people, yeah. Yeah, like we had so many people. And when I went to that event, I was like, you know, this isn't even like the biggest venue, but like yeah. a 30, 40,000 uh, person venue is like a football stadium. Watching us every single match we play. And that like kind of put it into perspective like wow i'm part of something much bigger than you know what i think so i definitely got a little uh fomo i guess 
innocence. Like I was like, man, what if I did like my clutch on stage? Like how crazy the crowd the would have gone or people something. People would have gone insane. Yeah, like people get like one kill with a headshot and they're going crazy. Like the amount yeah. of of serotonin you must get is is crazy. I was getting serotonin just being in the crowd. Like I was like, dude, this is surreal. So definitely definitely got emotional over it and i really hope there is something next year um whether it's owl or some other type of ecosystem is that something you're going to be pushing towards as well um because obviously you're taking a little break now like whatever does come of next year is it something you really want to be a part of or are you gonna kind of take it easy for a little bit so if there is some type of sustainable system where I feel like it is worth my time and effort. Um, I'd definitely love to. Um, but the biggest thing I know that uh, I was talking about with you is one thing that's great about the league for players is there being a minimum salary. Right. And even though it's like only 55000 that's a lot of money for a person my age to make when I don't have any expenses. I don't have to pay for car. I don't have to pay for house and stuff. Like I'm really just paying for food. Um, so that's a lot of money. But if there isn't a, an ecosystem with like a minimum salary, I'm worried about what salaries might look like. And if I'm only going to be getting paid like 20 to 30,000, like I would rather just go to collegiate because in collegiate i'm gonna get a full ride and i'll be able to go for a degree that'll make me more money in the future yeah um, i mean that makes that does make sense it's not something that you could go full hard into plus if you do go to collegiate when you you know you're rolling through a degree and then you're you know playing collegiate there'll be probably a lot of other players in your similar position um so yeah. it'll be a pretty competitive scene but um mm -hmm. yeah i think that's a pretty smart way to, to look at it if you're if you're a player i mean what are you studying right now i can't remember um right now i'm studying business information systems uh, but yeah. i was thinking about uh swapping to cybersecurity when i yeah. go back absolutely uh, do that i wish that yeah. i did that honestly i'd uh i'd have i had a really good friend that i used to work with in my first job i, I had my first job for like six seven years or something it was insane right. but i I worked with him a lot. He worked a lot of like Christmas kind of shifts. He wasn't like a full time like I or like I was part time, but I was there for like six years or whatever. But um, he went into cybersecurity like during his degree because he was a few years older than me, and he works for like or he did work for BAE Systems um, on the cybersecurity team. And like my god, that pays a lot, and it's like super engaging and like fun too. It's definitely yeah. a degree where you can go very far. Um, there is so much you can do uh, with that degree because yeah. my, I know we were talking about this. My my stepdad does cybersecurity stuff, and there's like a lot of fields. And again, like you said, the money the money's there, and we're probably yeah. always gonna need it. So, um, I'm definitely gonna look into it. I do want to make sure it's something I enjoy doing. It sounds like something I'd enjoy doing, but, um, you know, um, I'm fine with uh with what I'm doing right now. And, you know, we'll see when I go, if I go back, if I don't, um, you know, I'll probably be playing Overwatch, but if not, then I'll be playing Overwatch in college. So either way, I'm playing Overwatch. Not a bad thing. Not a bad yeah. thing to do in your spare time, you know, play some Overwatch, earn some cash. Yeah. Uh, I did want to touch on this because a lot of people, 
especially with your it being your first year in the league, like a lot of the Korean players, a lot of them have quite storied histories. People like Violet, people have had a lot of tenure. Even some of the Korean contenders players, like a lot of them have been around for a long time. Um, but let's rewind the clock back a little bit. Like when was your first team where you first started actually competing properly? Like, like opened of it, like any yeah. team or first, like first team that you started like yeah in od let's say that um so i'm trying to remember man because it's been a while uh well i started playing overwatch i played overwatch in season one but it wasn't really my game at that time i was still playing h1z1 okay. um and then i think in like the middle of season two is when i like got into the game and i think that season i got like masters and then season three i got a gm and i've been gm since but uh i started off as a dps player classic okay. and then i was like dps is way too fucking hard and like <laughs> fuck this shit and then i was like okay i want to play off tank because i like zarya and roadhog and I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to play off tank. And then my first, one of my first teams was uh, playing off tank. Um, I was on that team for like a couple, actually, I don't know if it was a couple months, but just a little bit. But after that, I was like, tank's not fun. I'm playing support more in ranked. Like at the time, my hours were probably looking like my most played was on with like 30 hours and then like diva and zarya with like in the tens to 15 so i wasn't even playing like my role like so i was like flex support is fun it's very engaging uh zen you can like kind of kill things yeah, and really fun. and at that time i was friends with some of like the tier two-ish tier three players like um you know frd like yeah. fried wiener uh at like he was in like a tier three team at the time like him and car car and i just remember uh that this one contenders trials team at the time was trialing flex support and i was like well i have pretty good mechanics um like why not try and play play flex support so i tried out for that team unfortunately i didn't make it um but that like kind of started my my support career, and I was a flex support for for a while. Um, I got I went through open division, and uh, eventually, uh, I made this contenders team called Revival, which oh, yeah. was based which was basically uh like made from ex Mayhem Academy players after uh Mayhem cut the funding on them. And they just came off like a pretty good season. And I was best friends with like Apply. And through Apply, I met a bunch of people. That's how I met Paint and Manitin and stuff like that. So I was like a bench player on that team. And that's kind of how I got like my foot into like tier two. So after that, it was kind of just playing on uh, just a couple contenders teams i went from revival and then i went back to open division and then i rejoined revival and then after that i joined a team called kratos that's how i met rupaul and crawley yeah. um and then after kratos was basically when i took a hiatus from competing um 
uh, Revival was trialing me again, but as a main support. And that was the team of like RuPaul, Seeker, LH Cloudy that went on to win contenders. Um, and when I didn't make that team, I was just like, I need to like move on from Overwatch. Like it's been fun, but like I need to move on and uh, I should use this to my advantage because that's when I was starting to look at collegiate. I was like, well, I can probably get some money from a school to go to school and get some stuff paid for. Um, so that's when I went collegiate and uh, the first college I went to was Winthrop. Um, some school, they don't really have a good Overwatch team, but they have like a good league team. And um, after a semester of there, that's when ISU reached out to me to come play for uh, their school. And uh, when I got picked up there, the team was Gig, an ex-Valiant player. Um, RuPaul, everyone knows him. Iron, he's a tier two uh, off-tank player. And then Vision and Echo. And Vision is on Maryville. And I don't think Echo's playing the game anymore. But got on that team. And that's when I was, like, pulled back in to, like, competing again. And, yeah, just kind of was competing ever since. And then uh, ISU made some roster changes. And some people left. And, uh, obviously, RuPaul got picked up to Mayhem. Um, and then that next semester... I, our team was Gig, Moving Fish, Vision, Lethal, me, and Renko, and we went on to basically dominate that whole semester. We won all the collegiate events, and then we also won Contenders, um, my first ever Contenders win, and, yeah. that's, and that's when I uh, thought to myself, like, okay, maybe Overwatch League is realistic, because we just won Contenders in December, and that's basically when off-season's going on. Um, so I was like, hey, maybe there is a chance that I could go Overwatch League. And um, yeah, basically during the off-season, I think I had one tryout with NYXL. Um, didn't feel like I did that well. Um, and they, mm -hmm. obviously, they obviously went with LEP. Um, and then I was like, all right, well, OWL's not going to be a thing. I'm just going to do college. Um, but obviously that's not what ended up happening. So, uh, obviously there was a lot of speculation with Valiant, like what was going on and no one knew, like, I'm going to tell you right now, like me getting picked up to Valiant was not like some elaborate, like scheme we kept hidden. Like it was like two weeks before pro-am two or three weeks before pro-am and no one knew what Valiant was doing. And, um, do you know who Natter is? Oh, I've heard of him. Yeah. So uh, Natter uh, was like on Atlanta as like an analyst and stuff, and he used to coach, and now he works at Riot. And Natter messaged me, and he was like, yo, do you know what's going on with Valiant? I was like, bro, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> like, I, I have no idea. And I'm not bullshitting. A day or two later, uh, I get a DM from Paintbrush saying, yo, accept Robert's friend request on Discord. And I was like, who the fuck is Robert? Like, <laughs> and he was like, yo, when can you call? I was like, uh, like I was, I was coming back from getting Chick-fil-A. Um, so I was like, uh, when I get back and I called him and he was like, yo, don't tell anyone, but I'm like basically the, the GM for Valiant in a sense where it's like, I'm picking up all the players and 
I want to pick you up. Okay. And and uh, then I was like, like I was like, what? Like, okay, I guess. And then I, I was like, what's the roster? And then you know he told me, you know, it was gonna be me, uh, CJ, Crawley, Nos, and Seeker. And I was like, all right, fuck it, bet. Like, I guess. And obviously, I knew that there was not gonna be a team house or um, a lot of. Uh, amenities that you would get from usually being on an Overwatch League team, but yeah, I guess uh, that's that's how I got there. So, sorry, that was a big like. No, that's overview. good. That was a that big was overview. But yeah, that's that's basically my whole uh, competing summed up into about ten minutes. Um, if uh, you want to, I can talk. I can now talk about the season if that's a good segue. Yeah, well, I was going to ask. Did you believe Paintbrush, you know what I mean? When he was kind of talking about this kind of stuff? Because part of me, if I was in your shoes, I'd be like, there's no way. Like, what is happening? Because obviously Pro-Am, like you mentioned, was so close. Like, that must have been a real, like, is this a real life right now? Because obviously you mentioned before, too, it was kind of a dream of yours in a way to, to make Overwatch League, or at least you wanted to. Yeah, so when Paint messaged me, I was like, like, I was like caught off guard because I was like, how the fuck did Paint get into this position? <laughs> yeah, and then right. he was like, and then he was like, "Well, I knew Robert from Mayhem Academy, and he is like the GM of Immortals. Um, and he was basically told, you got to build an Overwatch League team. So he just went to Paint because that's who he knew. And once I added Robert, and he was messaging me, and he's like, "Hey, like I'm the GM from Immortals. Uh, we're part of Valiant. Um, we need you to sign this contract like as soon as possible, basically." That's when I knew I was like, okay, like this is definitely real. Um, at first, I was definitely not getting my hopes up too much because uh, you never know what can happen. I've heard so many things of people being told they're getting picked up and then yeah, and then they get oh, fucked yeah. over. So I wasn't gonna get excited until basically like I signed that contract. Um, then obviously, you know, I get the contract and we start scrimming. Um, and you know, then it was real, and I was like, "Well, well, shit! I guess I'm doing owl now." How, how did the scrims go initially? Um, I'm not gonna lie; we actually weren't doing bad at first. We, uh, uh, at the time, we were stomping Vegas and NYXL. I'm not kidding. I think the first four or five scrims we played in Nixel, okay. they got sixoed. Um, yeah, like I thought NYXL was gonna be really bad when that happened because i was like wow you guys are getting shit on like no offense but like uh and then uh i remember scrimming vancouver uh in one of our first scrims and i think we took two maps off them which i didn't expect us to and the other maps were like relatively close so the scrims at the beginning were looking promising because i was like okay we can play this ram comp and like all of us are rush players basically it fit our hero pool so uh, I thought, you know, hey, like this might not be as bad as, as I think we're making it out to be. Because I'm not gonna lie, we had some very low expectations. Um, but yeah, uh, the scrims went fine. But then after pro am, I think the meta started shifting into yes. what we saw, which was a uh, not the best meta for the LA Valiant, to say the least. No, not perfect. No, not perfect at all. It, it was quite tragic. 
Is there any like high ranked teams that you were scrimming as well, or, or is it mainly kind of like the Vegas, MYXL, like um, Excelsior, etc.? Or were you scrimming? Were you, did you get a chance to scrim like Shock or anything uh, or anything like that? Um, this happened so long ago, so I can't give you specific names, but I think we were scrimming a good amount of teams. Like, uh, well, London wasn't like yeah. the best at the beginning of the season, but um. We definitely were scrimming more the lower teams to middle of the pack, but maybe you'd sprinkle like one good team in there every week. Um, okay. That was a that was basically how our scrums went for at least the first half of the season because we were doing so awful. I mean, like I wouldn't blame people not wanting to scrim us. Like, right, right. We're also um, the Valiant are not scrim players. Like, <laughs> we are definitely match day players. Right, um, okay. We just... You yeah, show like, up. We just show up on match days uh, more. Even though, obviously, we only won two games, sometimes we looked a little bit more competitive than uh, others. But, yeah, the scrims... Yeah, just, again, at the end of the season, like the second half, I'm not kidding, we were scrimming Vegas, London, um, and NYXL not as much as NYXL, but like we were scrimming Vegas and London, like we were scrimming one of them a day, sometimes okay. both. Right. Um, but yeah, at the beginning of the season though, um, I remember we scrimmed Atlanta. Oh, and, right. And this is like when Atlanta's like the shit, like not when, not when they choked, but I remember we were scrimming Atlanta and like we were getting shit on, but like we were still trying and supposedly Gator said to, it was either a uh, paint or our manager. He was like, yo, we really like scrimming with you guys because you guys just don't give up. Even like when we're shitting on you and we're like, okay, like, Hey, the Atlanta rain, like scrimming us. Um, and they're like, Hey, like if we ever like need a block last minute, like definitely like we'll message you guys. So we ended awesome. up getting, we ended up getting some more Atlanta blocks off that. But, um, uh, scrimmed Boston, uh, a little bit and mayhem so right oh yeah tough opponents though but yeah i you know what's funny you mentioned that uh the gator comment because that was kind of the narrative on broadcast as well it was like yeah you got you you guys just don't give up like you do there's no desperation there like oh or like um depression there in the match you're just like oh well you know it's over it's done it was like you guys that was yeah. the that was the aura that the team was giving off that whole season was just like you guys just go in like you don't care who the opponent is you're just you're there and you're going to play to the highest level you possibly can play and you will take it to them as much as you can like it was it was cool i think valiant had a very cool uh season especially around like you, you know you only won a couple of games but it was still fun and like whenever me and scott cast you guys it was like okay this, this is gonna be a fun game like it's it's gonna be a good one it's not gonna be like a complete stomp it's gonna be competitive and these guys are going to really push it to the limits yeah so again like i said earlier like we had very low expectations like the, right. was that the whole team as well or is it just like yourself or um i i'm not gonna name anyone but of course not no. there was definitely someone with a lot lower expectations than everyone else and i think we can i think we can all come to a consensus of who that might be but um it's not like we didn't try, like you said. Like, we're going to try and win. And that's one thing that uh, Crawley um, and Seeker said, because, you know, they played last year, is, like, it doesn't matter how good or bad you guys are. 
anything can happen on match day. Yep. And one thing that you can just instantly link to that is the Mayhem match, the first one, where we took two maps off them, and everyone was like, what the fuck? Like, I guarantee no one expected us to, one, take two maps, and two, potentially beat them. Like, obviously, the last map wasn't as close, but, I mean, taking two maps against, against Mayhem was a, a very big uh, achievement at the time for us. So... Uh, if you downplay to us and we were playing good that day, you know, we could definitely take a map off you or, you know, potentially beat you, like, against Glads, but not really against any other team besides Vegas. Hey, that Glads game was one of the funnest games of all time that season, for sure. Like, yeah, your clutch at the end, obviously, everybody, that's why I was just like, oh, my fucking God, liar. Like, you know, the whole, like, white Geo thing and all this kind of stuff was, that was yeah. the big meme at the time. And, like, Dude, that Glad's game is unreal. Like, means because me and Scott cast that too, and it was one of the funnest games I've had all season. Like, oh, you regardless did cast of man, yeah, we casted that shit at the very end. And like, oh. I just see your name filling the kill for you. I'm like, a liar, like going crazy and shit. It was, oh my god, it was, and like, no one expected that either. And that was crazy because that's when Glad's were like, oh, these guys might not make playoffs. Like, this is crazy yeah. for the Glad's org. And you know, you take it to winning the battle for LA too. Of all the teams you could have won that's against actually, in the map yeah, five. That, that is so funny because like, you couldn't have written a better script for that yeah, game. Right. Like, it, it was a reverse sweep, battle of, battle of LA. Exactly. And, and like, obviously like the, the, I mean, everyone's always going to talk about my clutch, but like, it was a team effort. Like, we were all playing very good after after that uh uh what was it the second map i don't remember what it was yeah. but on jib we started turning up and we never full held anyone in scrims on that map ever and we did it in a match and we were like we even typed i don't know if you guys saw in the thing but i typed something like we've never full held this map before like we aren't <laughs> good and then kai typed something like apparently we are either like it was just <laughs> oh. I think I remember see, I remember that Kai comment, I think. The, yeah. Because yeah, the, it's not always shown on broadcast, depending on the obs that's like on it uh, at yeah. that time, if they have matched that hidden or not. But yeah, I kind, I think I remember that Kai comment. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And then like the Suravasa, or not Suravasa, sorry, uh, Esperanza. Yeah. Uh, we had, we started playing that queen comp and no one could beat us on that comp unless like you were like Atlanta or like Mayhem. Like against like basically every other team, we started becoming really good at uh that comp on that map, and then again like Li Jang's just Li Jang's just Li Jang, because that last round, um, we fumbled very very hard. Um, right. like we we won the first fight and we got a pick the second fight and we ended up losing somehow. So like, if we lost that, that would have been so depressing. But you know. I mean, Kev was Miraculous. on fire that series too. Yeah. Which was yeah. crazy. Like, the whole... After the third and fourth map, I think I, me and Scott were like, you know, Kev's... as broadcast, like, narrative setting, right? We were like, Kev's pissed. Like, Kevster is about to go off on this last map or, like, go off on the fourth map. Like, they do not want to lose. And he was yeah. dominating. And that was kind of a theme, actually, with Gladiators over there. Around the time that you guys played, that like, Kevster was always the one, like, carrying the game. Um, but you just couldn't carry hard enough for uh I mean that game was just legendary and and one thing that Hunter mess or uh 
said to me at the land at the toronto land he literally came up to me first thing he said is like how do you feel that you ended the gladiator season because supposedly they were not very happy in that camp after that game which i mean listen obviously i would like i was in the same boat when we were losing to vegas like i don't want to be the first person to give this team a win but you're glads like you guys had an amazing first half obviously it sucks to lose but like that should not ruin the whole team's like, you know, mental. In my opinion, I know it's it's easier said than done, but like, I feel like I have a pretty strong mental after this season, so that's just my two cents. Yeah. Also, um, I want to ask something. Can I yeah. use the bathroom? Yeah. Are we allowed to use that? Are we allowed to use the bathroom? I will stop the recording right now. Okay, welcome back. We took. A- Brief break. All good. We're back though. I'm not sure how long that was, but there you go. Timer has been reset. Um, there was a question actually I did want to ask you because um, I've asked a few people this, like Astro and whatnot, and I'm always curious because this being your first time in the league, obviously you've been watching the league since its inception, right? Or close to its inception. So yeah, is there any player know. that you were like nervous to play against or any player that you kind of looked up to prior to going in or joining the league? I don't think I ever felt nervous. Um, going into okay, well, I felt nervous playing an owl. I don't know if I ever felt nervous about playing against a specific player because we already have that like underdog mentality where it's like, listen, this is gonna be hard. We just like you can't be scared of someone. Um, I think it might have been different if I got picked up to like a, a t- an already established team where I know that. You know, all of my other teammates have a lot of experience and maybe I feel like I'm the one like weighing people down, if that makes sense. But um, I enjoyed playing against like friends like RuPaul. I always love playing against Mayhem because like, you know, I'm always going to try like at the end of the fight, I'm always going to try and go kill RuPaul or something. Yeah, and then of course. Him or something. Um, for people that I. I guess like not idolized, but looked up to is i mean when i first became a main support i did watch a lot of funny astro um he in my opinion has probably been the best lucio in the game for for a long time now um but i never felt nervous playing against him specifically i think a lot of the people that i like really really idolized was like jonak obviously at the beginning because at that time i wasn't really a known player and you know guy guy was the goat season one there's there's no debating it he was so good uh but i think for this season i mean obviously playing against like chio and like funny astro i'm like okay like i would be pressing tab to like see the stats be like all right am i dipping him (laughs) or is he dipping me like like hey if i get if i get better stats i'm using that as bragging rights but um yeah i wasn't really nervous more excited than anything i'd say though yeah, I mean, makes a lot of sense because there's nothing there to really prove to anybody, right? And I, I think that's what you just mentioned. It's just like, well, you know, I'm coming in, but I'm not on an established team. A lot of us have maybe dabbled in the league here and there, like Seeker uh, was on Boston. But you're coming in as a, basically a fresh squad, and you're like, well, we'll, we'll we'll show you what we can kind of do. And if you know, it did end up with you guys only taking a couple of series, but I think you made an impression. I think a lot of uh, valiant players made an impression on the league. Um, which was 
good for the good for the brand i think and good for good for you guys in general because people like i said before people just kind of enjoyed watching you guys play regardless of of the outcome it was a, you were a fun team to actually watch you you mentioned at the very beginning too with like the metas and you your hero pools very much coincide with a rush meta and yes. it did end up going towards the sombra and the winston it was that something you how did you think about going into that meta because you must have been like, we kind of have to force the Sombra Winston. Did you, is there any a, a point where you guys were like, well, actually, we just want to play this one comp, but like, how was the so, mentality and like, what was the decision making there? So, I actually was on the foot of, I don't think we should be playing this comp um, because I'm just going to be honest, our dive was shit. Like, it yeah. was not good. <laughs> like, it it was horrible like we were getting full held a lot in scrims on like maps like the if we played a ramp comp we would at least win some fights but i think we had this idea in our head it's like okay like yes we're good at rush it's not ideal right and i think we might have drawn some inspiration from london where it's like okay these guys are the rush gods if they're not playing rush why why would we play rush which right. i don't think we probably should have done but um yeah, I, I wrote in my tweet longer after the season or in my tweet saying like, yeah, I think committing to the dive wasn't the right decision because we were trying to like expand our hero pools, which, hey, you know, I can't blame us for trying to get better, but I think we just did it too long. And I just think that it wasn't the right decision uh, looking back at it. Um, but at least coming into the second half after we had that like huge break in the middle we did look better at the dive i mean obviously we uh full held like glads on it and like whether you want to say glads were shit this half i'm going to tell you right now that their dive should in theory be a lot better than ours like they have good players for um like for that comp so right. we did get better but um, you know, maybe if we played the rush, we could have taken more maps, maybe a series or two. So that's what that's, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, no, that's pretty fair. I think taking inspiration from London was quite interesting because they also ended up playing Winston and stuff like that. And it was like, oh, these, they're not that good at that comp, like compared to everybody else and the level that people were playing at, at that point. Um, yeah. And then they just went back to Ryan and they dominated a minute to playoffs. So yeah, I, I'm yeah. curious if, you guys would have changed your mind if London didn't change their mind in that case then. If London kind of stuck at Rush, maybe you guys would have been like, well, if they're sticking, we can, we can go there as well. Um, maybe. I don't think it was like a huge contributing factor, but I do think it might have been like a conversation. Again, like okay. I, I kind of block out the first stage like trauma. Like I don't want to think about that shit. <laughs> um. But yeah, I definitely think we could have stuck more um, to the ramp because, like, even when we would scrim London in the first half, and we would scrim each other on Monkey, like they would beat us. Like they would not right. look like a bad dive team. And I'm gonna tell you right now, their dive was not good. I mean, you saw it in the second half when we uh, played London uh, in our match. They went up 2-0, and then uh, they went to Rado and got full held. Like yeah. that's how much our dive did improve. But Compared to the rest of the league, like, we, like, 
as much as we were improving, everyone else was improving just as much, it like if not more. So uh, I think we, again, like if we stuck to that RAM and uh, stuff, it probably would have worked out a lot better. Do you have any uh, regrets about the season? Um, yeah. Uh, I definitely could have worked a lot harder. Um, I think I also got frustrated a lot. Even though my expectations were low, I'm a competitive person at the end of the day. I wasn't yelling at my teammates or anything, but, like, I definitely, like, was taking it maybe a little too hard on myself. Um, and I think in the first half of the season, I was grinding the game a lot more, like, playing. And I wasn't doing as much vodding, but I think in the second half, I was doing a lot more vodding than like playing comp um ideally you should be doing both but you know unfortunately i wasn't doing that but at least one thing i guess i can take away is in the second half i did feel way way more confident in myself as a player um especially after the glass game like that really nice. solidified my thinking of like okay like obviously um valiant is we're not the best team that's just the reality um, but I did gain a lot of confidence in myself as a player after that to like make plays and to actually like trust my judgment um, and stuff. So, yeah, I have some regrets, but I think I mostly came out the season with positives, if anything. What was your biggest uh, positive coming out of the season? Um, well, again, I think it just came back to where I, I really feel like I solidified myself more as like a player that's not horrible, um, <laughs> which, which, you know, is always a good thing. Um, yeah, definitely when it comes to like Western main supports, like I definitely like my chances more now. Um, if I were to like compete against others, um, and I think I'd did learn a lot about myself throughout this season. And again, I just, I did learn a lot this season. I definitely feel way better of a player. So I guess I'm just happy again, like with how I came out, just knowing more, understanding more and getting better. I feel like even if you learn a lot about yourself, that's kind of a W anyway. Yeah. Like, especially at your age at the moment, it's just, I, I feel like I say your age and I'm like, yeah, I'm around the same age as him. I'm like, actually, I'm not. I'm like, fuck it. But it's just like it's it's a good thing and like understanding yourself a little bit more and like you know like you said pushing your limits and maybe you can take that elsewhere you know I mean the whole like competing I think has a big driving force behind other aspects of your life than more than people really um, like to admit or maybe understand so yeah I mean it's it's definitely I think it's a good experience regardless of like your record you can you can even say the same for like Paris Eternal or Vegas Eternal sorry. Um, you know, they, they did go winless, but, but they probably learned a lot about themselves and a lot about like just, uh, an environment like that. And maybe they, there's positives there that they can kind of, uh, hold on to. I did want to ask actually, was, was Overwatch your first competitive game or did you play like, cause you said you played H1Z1, right? But was there yeah. anything like, you mean competitive like before that? I played on like a team or like, I was like aspiring to go pro in either or just like, or just like in general. So, uh, yeah, like I was saying earlier, like. Um, my first ever, like, game game I got into was, I got an Xbox 360, and I got Call of Duty Black Ops 1. 
and black ops one was like fucking sick to me like i was like yo this is awesome like they got gold camos there's prestigious i'm shooting people there's like party chat uh team chat like i'm just shit talking people at like 11 like it's great like i'm having a fun time and that like introduced my addiction into video games and over the course of the next couple of years i played the cods casually i think i played mw3 casually black ops 2 casually but black ops 2 had this thing called league play i played the shit out of league play yes. i was master or whatever the top rank was yeah the top rank yeah. EU. yeah yeah so i i was like yo like league play is like kind of cool and i played it in black ops 2 and i think i maybe only got like silver or something i wasn't that good at the time um but then call of duty ghost came out next year and i know a lot of people have controversial opinions on that game but i will stand by this and say that is my favorite call of duty of Ooh, all time that not in the sense of it is the crazy. greatest game it is right. to me the greatest competitive cod i've ever watched or played the search and destroy in that game was awesome and that's when i got into like game battles and stuff and that's when i actually okay. started getting a lot better at the game i started like uh playing pubs way more i was getting like 2.0 kds i was playing game battles um i think i was like ranked 3000 2000 on game battles um and like that made me like i always wanted to be a pro because i was watching like nate shot and skump which obviously you know the fucking the goats of cod um and that's when i was like yo, I want to be a professional gamer. Like, I, I want I want to be a pro. And um, Advanced Warfare came out, and eh, it wasn't really my thing. And uh, my childhood friends at the time uh, got computers, and they were playing Counter-Strike, like uh, CSGO. And they were like, yo, Will, you need to get a fucking, like, you need to get a PC so we can play, like, Daisy and CSGO. And I'm like... Fuck it, bet. Like I'm like I'm gonna get one for Christmas. So uh, I asked my I asked my dad and my mom if I could get uh, a computer, and I got some shitty Dell desktop with like a GTX 750 or something. I mean maybe that wasn't shitty, but looking back to me, it's shitty. Um, and I started playing CS:GO a lot, and that's when I really got hooked into video games. I have, I mean I could probably check right now. Let me open my Steam. Uh. Let me check my account. I have 5,000 hours on CSGO. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Those and, are some numbers. Yeah, so I um, I kind of turned into, like, the, the friend in our friend group that's, like, Will is the gamer, and if you give him a game, he will probably get better than you. Like, I became, like, this guy can pick up any fucking game. And, um... I got into CS and I would play with my friend Clayton from uh, from my hometown. And I think we got all the way up to like LEM together. And then uh, I started playing like Face It and shit and ESCA. And at the time ESCA, I don't know if you know anything about like the ranking in ESCA for CS, but now it's on like a, a letter based scale. Yes, right. Um, and I didn't, and I played at the time where it was just rws and i played that game to the point where my rws was like around 16 17 which is like pretty good like i wouldn't say it's like pro but i was definitely probably like playing like tier three people um okay. some sometimes tier two uh there's this one time i was playing like a game 
and I was just shitting on this guy with the P250, and I stole his profile picture and stuff, and he was like, I'm going to report you. And this guy was like, <laughs> this guy left a horrible comment on my profile, and I went back like two years later, and he was like, not rank S, which is like pro, it's the one before that, like you're a semi-pro, kind of tier two, tier three. So I got pretty good at that game, and yeah, I, okay. I, I was like global eventually, and I was trying to like try out for teams um, to play in like cs open or esca open or whatever um and didn't really have any luck doing that i was caring though like i wasn't playing bad or anything i i remember the first time i ever tried out for a team in csgo we 16 would the other team and i had 30 kills and they Jeez. didn't pick me up <laughs> what happened like yeah what the hell happened that that would have been a very different life path actually if you went down to the cs route wow. yeah so i played cs and then I think like 2016, 2015, 2016, somewhere in that time area, I like was losing interest. And that's when I heard of a game called H1Z1. And I don't know if anybody watching this or, you know, if you Jaws like ever played H1Z1 in its prime. No, in its prime. I played at the very end, I think, whenever like, it was like, oh. yeah, yeah, no, I played it when like, like us OG players call it Z1. Like, right. because it was like the original map that is the greatest game I've ever played. It is the, it is the most fun I've ever had on any video game. The beat, like the mechanics were like janky, but it was good. And proximity chat in that game was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, I remember the ninja I, clips. <laughs> that game was just so fun to me. And, uh, I met a lot of people on that. Um, I actually, I mean, I don't like to go going around saying it, but, uh, well, me and Apply, that's how me and Apply met. Um, oh. Me and Apply have been friends since, like, 2015. So I've known him for a long, long time. Um, but, like, there's other streamers out there, like, obviously, uh, Tifu came from that game, Cloxy came from that game, uh, T-Hump, I don't know if you know who that is, but he's also some other type of streamer, obviously Ninja. Yeah. Uh, but um, I used to be, like, friends with, like, Cloxy and stuff. Uh, way back in the day, I had my first ever beer with Cloxy. Oh, on, wow, like, okay. On, like, Skype. And, like, <laughs> that's just so random to me that now this dude's, like, a famous person. Oh, like, Symphony also played. There's there's so many people that came from that game yeah. that are that are famous now that I, like, not, like, friends with, but, like, uh, mutuals of in some type of way. Like, Tifu. Uh, I used to hang out with Tifu a little bit and stuff, and the, obviously that guy became fucking... Shit's crazy. Yeah, maybe I should have uh, maybe I should have stuck to BR, but <laughs> yeah. And then obviously, uh, apply got me into Overwatch and stuff, and yeah, now now I'm here. Now you're here. That's a crazy uh, like. Hey, if you, maybe if you stuck to BR, you'd be uh, one of the big streamers right now. <laughs> uh, streaming is like I don't know how people stream. I'll, like it's tough. I have to, yeah, like people. Uh, obviously gamers say it, but like being a pro at video games and like like basically streaming like it's a nine to five, it is draining. It is very draining, um, especially streaming because whenever I stream, I always feel like I need to be entertaining. I always feel like I need to be funny, and then it, I feel like I'm not funny or it's not genuine. So that's like why I like when I go on like a vast stream or something, I'm just there hanging out. 
I'm just being me. Uh, but when I turn like a stream on, it's just like I always feel the need to perform, and I'm just like, that's just I don't like that. Yeah, I mean that's that's half the content is just like you and just well most of the content you'd argue right like 90 80 90 percent is a there's a, i think there's a very select few people and most of them are the biggest streamers on on twitch like super super is a really good example he's really funny he's also really good at the game there's exactly. not many people that are like that at all like you can be yeah. really good at the game or you can be really funny you know what i mean like you could be a ludwig of the world you know he's okay at games but like he's very funny and he's very good at making content and stuff like that and yeah it's yeah, that's it's why it's a tough thing to do. That's why a lot of pros try and stream after um like playing. Not everyone, but uh I've been in talks with some people. Uh like if Owl isn't a thing, like they're gonna try and stream. Yeah, not surprised. And I'm like, hey, like go for it. But it's hard, man. It's fucking hard. Because in Overwatch, there is the way I think about it is Overwatch is fan base is not as edgy as some other fan bases um sure. like uh I, I just feel like a lot of the top streamers are very like pma not that there's anything wrong with that it's just like when i think of like emong and flaps and like ml7 like they're very pma like good people and they don't really make like dark humor. They don't try and be edgy. And like, I'm just gonna be honest. A lot of these like pro players are are edgy in a sense. Like their humor is not of that of like ML7s and Emongs and Flats and stuff. So that's why I think like streaming in this game like is kind of difficult for those type of players and streamers because there's a very what's the word I'm trying to look for like particular audience that you're got you that you're trying to go out to and i don't feel like there's as many people um like that in this game but yeah, that's i think when, when it comes to like the top streamers in various games i think it's interesting to look at across the board overwatch is like the overwatch league and the pro scene isn't as popular of like a streaming topic or like pro players streaming as it is in like cs a lot of like the cs yeah. heads it's like well simple best player in cs history right or one of the best um he can stream and he will stream his gameplay and like a lot of people watch him because it's like pro player playing you know pubs or playing you know ranked face it or esaa or whatever um and then in overwatch it's like the top streamers are it's more like casual focus. MSL was ML7 or Karku is a very good example of that, actually. Karku, I think he's one of the best content creators out there for, for Overwatch. But his crossover with Overwatch League is very minimal. It's not like a crazy amount there. Yeah. He just streams content and he, is, he puts out really good, high-quality videos. He's a funny guy and he sits there on stream just playing ranked, playing support. And he's, yeah, it's just, the, the crossover is just not there. Emong, Flat, same thing j3 yeah. same thing it's like they're not pros or j3 was a pro right emon was a pro yeah um but, but they're, they're, yeah that's not who they're catering to they're, they're not, not no yeah and th and that's one thing that i also won't like like you were saying about cs simple cs is rooted at its core for competitive no one's yes. playing cs go to play quick player unrated like the unrated in that game is horrible like yes. everyone is playing so that they can play comp Valorant is 
obviously the, the competitive scene's big there, but there are a lot of people that only play on rated or like Swift play or something. But like Overwatch, there are so many people that just play quick play. It's yep. crazy to me. And I remember back in the day, I mean, people probably still do this, but like people would only play comp to get the golden guns. Like they yeah, would get seriously. they would get to that rank and then they're like, All right, I'm not fucking playing. Like and people would get mad at them. Like I, I probably used to get mad at them. I definitely did, where it's just like, bro, why is this horrible player on my team that plays twenty games a season and out of all the games that they queue into, it's mine. So it's yeah. just like Yeah, Overwatch is I don't know, it's such a different game than anything else i've ever played it's just so unique it is and the top end versus like the lower end or like quick play versus grandmaster top 500 ranked they're different games and then when you get to the pro player is uh pro level is a different game as well like the the tiers yeah. to it are insane and i think that's i don't think i've ever talked about this before but i think that's what makes overwatch beautiful in a way is yeah. the, the top level play is just so far and above and beyond like a ranked system you take like diamond gameplay versus gm gameplay they are two completely different games i can ju jump into a, a plat diamond game on like a smurf or something and it's just i i'm just playing i just play tracer and i can just kill the back line over and over again like although my, yeah. my aim on tracer it's pretty bad at this point but i've not played tracer in a while but still it's and then you play in gm it's just like holy moly and then when you play in top you're just like whoa a different level and then pro play is like and that's what makes overwatch beautiful if you watch the highest level of pro play it's like synchronized swimming in a way where like setting up dives and going for like a, a good example is the Sombra Winston meta, the dive meta, like going for hacks on somebody and then executing that dive and they die in a blink of an eye. And like that is beautiful in its own way. And then you're yeah. going to get that ranked. Maybe you will, but like not as consistently. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you're like do it with someone or like, yeah, comp, like a lot of people don't even like to comment ranked anymore. Yeah, not like, anymore. No, everything's dead. At uh, high, like, yeah, it's just. That's that's one thing that you were like, I want to add on to is, you know, I did like a coaching session last night with like a gold player and okay. I was introducing the idea of like, yo, man, you're playing like a Ryan comp, like make sure you're always tied to your Ryan's hip so you can amp the engages in or like, you know, if you get a kill, like he was playing against some weird ass comp and like, I was like, yo, you got a kill here. You see the mercy. If he goes for that res, boop him. And he's like, bro, I never fucking thought of that, which is which is crazy because it's just like like you said, like in different elos, how you think about the game is so much different. And that's yeah. like that in every game. Um, but like like you said, I could go into a diamond game on like Zen and I could just flank the whole game and carry. I could literally deadlift the game like and you can do that in other games. Like I've definitely smurfed in like CSGO when I was global and stuff but like at least like at the bare core of the game it's it's the same it's the yeah. same on csgo the thing is i just understand how to play the map better than these guys and like my timing is usually a lot better and obviously i'll probably have better aim but it's not as huge of a difference than an overwatch which is also like why that uh i wanted to bring this up as i feel like a lot of people get burnt out in overwatch a lot quicker yeah. than any other game is because Again, why do you think that so, is because there's so many metas and there's mm -hmm. so many maps and how you play certain uh metas on maps can change like let's say it's a it's a dive mirror all right well if let's say you were playing rush before now playing dive on this map it's played completely different how you're taking space is completely different 
And then let's say if you're not playing into a dive mirror, you're playing a dive into a into like a brawl or you're playing a dive into a poke, how you play that into that comp is completely different as well. Obviously, there's a lot of repetitive things, but there are things that are different. Like you're basically having to learn like one comp on a map and how to play it into a bunch of shit if like they're if you're not playing into a mirror. So I think that burns a lot of people out because it's like, bro, this is this is a lot. This is a lot of like work, a lot of auto viewing, and yeah. and on top of that, everybody expects you outside of scrims to go play ranked for like three to four hours. Like it's a lot, man. Yeah, and ranked is just a completely different beast too. And the differences between the two are elevated compared to other games. Like if you're playing face it, like you're playing scrims in CS, and then you play face it, you're kind of expecting the same thing. It's not as coordinated and stuff, but like you said. The variance in Overwatch with every character being able to be picked, like all the like every character being good in different metas, and I think something that I think was discussed a while ago. Um, I've definitely talked about the subject before, maybe on Plat Chat, but Overwatch as well doesn't have a lot of downtime. There's a lot of like you need to be min maxing at the highest level. Yeah. Yes, you're dead. You're going in. You're going in. You need to just permanently be on it, on it, on it, on it. CS and stuff and Valorant as well. There is a lot of downtime in those games it's played a lot slower like with entries and stuff they can be very quick but in general the way i like to see it is overwatch is very like oh my god just like constant action you know and then cs is like okay you're so oh, valorant's like slow begin the rounds you know setting up and all this kind of stuff and then it's like crazy action but overwatch is like go 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 all the time all the time like you said min maxing too is just you, you have to min max every you- ability every quarter like in CSGO, like back when I would play the game, if I had food and I was hungry, I'd literally run it down <laughs> and, and so yeah, I could sure. eat. And like that happens in pro play. Like let's say you go for an like, – like I used to entry in CSGO. So like let's say I go for an entry and I die, all right? And then your team's like cut the fucking push off. There's a minute and 15 seconds left in this round. We're going to take the next minute to fucking play with these guys' heads. Like it's a chess game. Yeah. I'm not saying Overwatch isn't. Like you have to outplay them, but like – the time in that game is just like you said there's so overwatch much is speed time. chess versus yeah normal yeah. chess like so yeah, it's so. it's speed chess so it's like you constantly have to be making moves on the fly constantly like thinking but like you said like yeah and csgo like if i want to go eat my go eat my food i'm just gonna run <laughs> it down on a bomb site and and die hopefully yeah um but yeah overwatch is just but that's the beauty of the game though yep. it's it's like a I double-edged agree. sword it's like yeah, it's tiring at sometimes, but it's also so fun because once you get it down and you understand, it's so rewarding. It is a very rewarding game. And like, just not even just getting good aim, but like good use of your abilities, like getting things off at the right time, like taking space, like all those small things do add up. And it's, it is very rewarding. It's like Zen's definitely one of my favorite characters, Zen and Ana for sure. And like getting good sleeps, getting good aim with Zen, like all that kind of stuff is very rewarding. Like when you're yeah. dueling tracers as Ana or Zen, you kill him with Zen, you maybe sleep him as Ana. Like that feels good. And it's yeah. just the, the serotonin hit is just hitting, different. Hitting a five warp on Zen is like yeah. insane feeling. There's, you just hear the things in your head. It's just like, oh my yeah. God. There's something in the brain, bro. That I yeah. I still remember the clip and I have it on my PC of me in Overwatch 1 against Scott, actually, against Custer, five yeah. or being through a window and getting three kills. And I'm like, against that was him the, or against he windowed you? No, I I had the window from my team and like oh, and, I and five orbed, I killed him and like two of his teammates oh, in one uh-huh. five orb. And I was like, 
that I am never going to live a better moment in my life than this one right here. Yeah, like, that like was the most when, satisfying when thing I've ever seen. Yeah, like when shit happens like that, like when I clutched against Glads, like bro, yeah. I was I was having a euphoric moment. <laughs> I my mind was coming. Like I did not know what was going on. Like we have the comms. Like I was spaced out for the next twenty minutes. I couldn't believe what just fucking happened. Like I was my hands were shaking. Like I was like, Yeah, what the fuck did I just do? And you're doing that at the highest level, which is even more dope, like to your head. It's just like, holy shit, man. Like everything stacked on top. It was just you, did you say you have that uh, have those comms do you still have them uh i believe so i don't think i'd like to share it on the podcast because i don't know <laughs> no, what, that's fine. what would be said no no, no. Like, i'm just curious because uh obviously a lot of teams they do end up doing like the mic check the comms check things but yeah uh, people love that stuff and i think this year we've not done as many comms oh, checks i think I maybe there's only been one or two i can't remember but like those there are one of the best bits of content. yeah there was one for mid-season and i was telling i forget when i was telling you this it might have been at the bar but I was saying, like, if I was so sad that they uh, didn't do comps check this year because yeah. we would have had the best moments on comps <laughs> check, and it wouldn't have been close. We had some of the funniest moments, like, ever. Like, when we would load up into Shambhali, we had this song. Uh, I forget what it's called, but it's like, now you're just Shambhali that I used to know. No. Shambhali. <laughs> and we would just sing that going into the fucking map. Like, I guarantee the people would have loved that. Like, Everybody loves the Valiant, and, like, we just had a lot of dumb moments and stuff, and, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I was, like, really, really sad when, yeah, I was, we were always like, bro, when is comms check coming out, like, and then we were just like, I guess it's never coming out. Yeah, I think that may have got affected by, because halfway through the season, like, a ton of people got laid off, so... It was potentially something to do with that, but I, I obviously couldn't be sure. I, I'm curious if there's going to be like more content or at least more like comms related things in the future for, for overwatchers, not knowing what the yeah. Overwatch landscape is going to look like overwatch esports, at least. Um, I, yeah. I want content like that to come back. Cause I think that's, it's almost an integral part. I think of the scene because it is fun. And it's yeah, just, I mean, people every, love hearing from the players. Every pro scene needs to have an outlet that like, whether it's interviews or comms checks or whatever, I definitely think there needs to be something because like you said, with the uncertainty of what's like gonna happen, like who knows? Like if there yeah. is something next year again, like what is it gonna look like? Which is right. like, I, I wanted to ask you that. Like, what do you think? Like, obviously, we can always ask like, what's your ideal scenario? But we never get ideal yeah. in Overwatch. But like, what what do you think we could be looking at next year? I'm I'm flipping the script now. I'm the host. Mm, now you're the host. I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't. I just want, I just want to be able to, I honestly, I just want to be able to cast the game and like, I just want to make a living. Yeah. Well, yeah, in a way I do, but like casting for me is like playing for you. It's, it's so rewarding and satisfying getting like good calls and like improving at commentary and like play by play it's just i want to do it every single day and i would do it every single day if i could it's just not the kind of job where i can do that sadly um yeah i, I just want to it. it's hard like commentating is hard it is tough yeah i think people underestimate it a little bit but uh, it's definitely a craft that needs to be honed and it's tough to do that as well because you can't get on broadcast every day and try something new or like you know, just practice. It's it's tough to do that kind of thing. So yeah, in, in a sense, the simplest answer I can say is just like, I want a job. Like I just want to con 
Overwatch Esports to continue, whether it's like a circuit kind of format where it's like League of Legends, where we have an EU region, an NA region, a, a, a region in Asia, whether that's like Oceanic or like LCK with League of Legends, where it's like Korea, China, although I, I don't know what's going to happen with China and Overwatch and that kind of stuff. Or maybe it's just like the whole of Asia. Uh, I'm not sure. But just like those regions, then I can commentate NA, for example. Like something like that would be fantastic. But it's just, it's so hard to tell because we've had this thing for six years that yeah. anything that I kind of think about in my head, I'm like, that could happen, but also it couldn't. Like, how yeah. do we really stray away from this Florida mayhem? LA Valiant, Houston Outlaws thing. Are those teams going to still exist? Are there, Are they still... Is there going to be a regional format? And they, are they going to be in it? Are they going to... Is the Dallas Fuel going to permanently be in Korea? And they they change their name to the the Busan Fuel or something? You know what I mean? It's... Yeah. It's so hard for me to really think about and like extrapolate from. And it's, Yeah. Yeah. They've definitely put themselves into like a corner where it's like... It's either... It's, it's either all right, if if we're going to continue some type of league, like what type of changes are we going to make? And if we aren't doing a type of league, like you said, if we do something regional, what's going to happen to teams like the Florida Mayhem? Yeah. Which I guess we could stay, like, for whatever, is maybe we move away from cities, but we can just take it to Mis Misfits Mayhem or the the envy fuel or something obviously it might not go as well together but like yeah i do agree it, like what happens to all this branding and like 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 what the fuck happens to these twitter accounts like if if, if the dallas yeah. fuel isn't a thing what happens to the dallas fuel account like is it just gonna sit there as like a as a collection piece for someone maybe um, i mean the i think the only other time this has happened has been halo 3 i think where MLG had straight ripping, triggers down, status quo, uh, instinct, final boss, like all those teams that had the the branding like Overwatch did. This was like before Twitter too. So like they didn't have the Twitter accounts or anything like that. It was just like game battles teams. Yeah, final boss were like Walshy, the Ogre Twins, like Instinct with Ghosty Army, Gandhi, like all these like old players, like straight ripping the classic, like Elamite Warrior, Snipe Down um uh legit and oh my god oh t2 obviously tom taylor um who casts apex now funnily enough but they they had that kind of branding and those team names that were like a consistent factor in the mlg tournaments but it was like an open they would always make it through opens because they were the best players and all that kind of stuff maybe and they kind of got retired and well, straight ripping. I think the brand got bought, bought potentially, and they're like in partnership with um, Space Station Gaming now. So maybe those brands like continue, and maybe the partnership kind of changes hands. Maybe if uh, certain teams don't want to kind of carry on, or certain ownership groups don't want to carry on, maybe that branding will continue via someone else. It's uh, yeah. it's tough to say, but then also it could be a Valorant situation where we have like a Valorant league with partnerships, but it's like stipends, and then yeah, it's. But there's still a league, and there's like, but then there's promotion, you know, and it's and there's tier two events that lead to this promotion. It's it's very hard to see a world without the Overwatch League, and I don't think for me at least it's it's hit yet. <laughs> yeah, it definitely hasn't hit yet because it's like we're still we don't know, like yeah. we we still don't fully know. Um, one thing I wanted to say is like, for me personally, I kind of feel like this whole city branding kind of dug a hole. Like obviously, <laughs> in theory, it's very cool. But um, 
I forget who I was talking to. I think I might have asked you about this, but like when you create these teams, they're a sub branch of an organization, right? Like, yeah. like the the Florida Mayhem. Obviously, they're part of Misfits, but it's not Misfits. So I feel like I think I was talking to. Someone, I think it was a vast, and I was like, well, like how does funding work? uh for these teams and like how do sponsorships work because instead do you have to get sponsors specifically for the florida mayhem instead of misfits or does misfits uh partners trickle down into the florida mayhem um sponsorships so i kind of feel like there's obviously it's very cool to do a city but i just don't think we're there yet um and I think it would probably just be smarter to go back to orgs because it's cool that we have Florida Mayhem fans. But imagine you had all those Florida Mayhem fans now on top of your other Misfits fans. Right. And you could have just had something bigger. But I feel like we're kind of limiting ourselves and, like, yeah, just basically limiting ourselves to to cities. I don't know. And I personally, like, I think it's cooler when you're being repped by an org. Like, yo, I'm on Immortals because Immortals is a pretty legendary org. They have had a lot of success in games and like their org is, is fucking sick. But, you know, instead I'm on the Los Angeles Valiant, which right, okay. I like I would rather rep Immortals. It's uh, interesting because the I think for the fans, because we had this discussion on Plat Chat and a lot of us were like, well, does the city base kind of work do the fans actually kind of like that and a lot of people came out the woodwork and was like yeah that's actually how i got into the league was like oh i'm from boston they have a team now boston uprising and so i'm going to yeah. support boston um no matter you know who they are or who they have and like and yeah they just kind of support them um yeah but then on the other hand yeah if it was like tsm c9 maybe there's more like endemic esports watchers that would come in but then it's it, it's who you're trying to cater for and it will be interesting to see if they do drop city branding if those fans are going to trickle to different teams maybe to different players on certain teams it's all a big unknown and i think that's one of the biggest challenges that they're probably going to have to overcome is what are they going to do with the boston uprising brand mayhem florida mayhem is it going to be misfits mayhem or is it just going to be misfits is it just going to be like cloud nine for florida, florida misfits or something yeah that, right it, like well here's the thing is i yeah obviously there's a there's definitely going to be people that like yo i got into this because of the team-based things which is great um for the people that actually get in um but like for branding i'm just thinking like well, maybe you could have done florida misfits or la immortals or la what was glad's before was it always guard la guard um i think it was someone else before that i can't remember it might just been an ownership group i don't think it was like an actual okay. team yeah so i uh, i guess like there's definitely good and bad to the to the city connects um whether we're like talking about like okay if we get rid of the city um names now i definitely feel like if there isn't like a team so like for example like obviously mayhem is directly correlated to misfits so yeah. if misfits has a mayhem team all those mayhem fans are most likely going to be fans of misfits and if there's other teams like that with like you know dallas um uh london and stuff like that where you have like an org probably a lot of those uh fans will just go and support the org 
but for the teams that don't have like a like a straight up org like those then yeah i don't really know i don't know what they're what those maybe they just get do. free reign maybe they just get free reign over the name and maybe they'll just even keep the name yeah you, so. you could maybe keep the name one another thing this i just thought of this is like when we did all this uh uh city stuff i felt like there was not a lot of diversity when it came to apparel mm-hmm. um okay. specifically in jerseys i felt like this year we probably had the most diversity um because there was more colors and different patterns and stuff which i feel like we should have been having since the beginning because right it's kind of annoying that all your jerseys are the exact same thing, just different colors. Like there's not as much personality that you could be putting on there. And specifically with store merch, they would have a $60 black hoodie with a fucking different team logo painted on it. No cool designs, no cool anything. And I'm just saying to myself like, that's such a big missed opportunity because that's where you're going to make a lot of your money is in merch sales. At least that, I mean, I think, I think that's where you're going to make a good amount of money. Um, obviously sponsorships as well, but I always just thought like, damn, there's not a real good incentive to buy these clothes. Right. Yeah. And if, yeah, if they were a little bit more customized in a way, I think you're right in saying that at least this year, there's been a lot, there's different designs have been, um, they've been improved on. And I think we did, didn't we do a Jersey? I think we did a plastic Jersey tier list. At the beginning of the oh, year, okay. and Atlanta Reigns was pretty like high up there because it had like the Phoenix, yeah, which it was had, quite like, cool. The, the thing at the top, yeah, I always really liked and, that. And yeah, New York Excelsior's branding has always been really good, and that's one thing the team has done very well is like their branding and their color scheme and the designs. They're all they're all quite cool. Yeah. Um, and they did a did a good job of making a cool looking jersey and it's definitely more freedom than we've we've ever had which has been great i'm not sure about the percentage of revenue coming from jerseys and merch sales but it probably would have upped it a little bit if there were over the years at least um yeah was, i mean over over six years like you're just seeing the same stuff like right. each year like it, you're for example like you said nyxl always had they were always coming out with custom stuff that were that was really cool and like it goes with new york streetwear yeah. stuff like that it that's cool and like you said with the atlanta they had like the the phoenix thing uh another jersey i really liked was the infernal one i really loved the cherry blossoms oh I yeah was, yes I the cherry blossom was, was sick i thought that one was fucking awesome and yeah. um i mean like valiant had like wings on it i don't yeah. really like the colors but you know every person put their own little own little little thing their own little cooking shit so I think that was something that, you know, they probably should have been doing for the last five years or six, sorry. Yeah. It's funny, a lot of these kind of decisions and a lot of these changes that have been better for like the ecosystem as a whole has come near the end of the Overwatch League. Or obviously, I will say this too, the potential end, obviously, Overwatch League could be around next year and there, there could be some sort of Overwatch League thing or maybe it's just kind of Overwatch Esports, so... I think everybody's already jumped the gun and been like, oh, Overwatch League is done. But potentially there's still an Overwatch yeah. League. It's just different. Um, I just want to preface that as well. Yeah. Yeah. They said they're going to refresh the Esports Yeah, they're going to revamp vision. it or some Revamp shit. it. Yeah, whatever they put in there. Uh, I think people are saying it's Jover because of the, you know, like you said earlier about that 
two three minute thing of uh Zoe on the desk like it kind of yeah. felt like a conclusion um to something yeah and i think i mean every everybody in overwatch has always been fucking uh just like debbie downers i guess like we've always i think we've come to the point where it's like we don't have a lot of hope and we just are like yeah like shit's not gonna happen so i don't yeah it kind of sucks i think uh, i think a small portion of that is because a lot of like the other esports have been just shitting on overwatch for like ever and it's been like man we're a fun esport bro just let, let us do our own thing just like let us be you don't have to every single time something bad happens to the overwatch league or like some rule change or whatever there's always a million like overwatch league is bad you know like uh, i brought this up brought this up a few times but my favorite um recent kind of overwatch league is the worst thing ever is overwatch league killed pv overwatch 2 pve is like a youtube thumbnail on like youtube video and i'm like bro come on have we gotten to the point where we think everything is uh everything's like that but yeah yeah um, well i think maybe that... that's why we're so down on ourselves <laughs> because everybody hey. shits on us all the time i definitely think that like we because i used to go to, i i used to have some friends in high school that played overwatch like in season two and three and like they kept asking me like yo do you keep playing and they're like uh like overwatch and i was like yeah and then like whenever we would like talk something or have like a disagreement they'd be like bro you play under down or not <laughs> under down you play under i don't even remember what's a different thing from watch like what's the opposite of watch not underblind watching. underblind yeah, but... <laughs> something like that and i was just like bro stop hating on my game and this was like back when the game was not in like a horrible state either like right. this is like season three or four like look at us now season 30 fucking what well season seven almost for overwatch 2 at least oh shit i forgot we restarted yeah we restarted we're in season seven almost is the diablo crossover rise of darkness it's gonna yeah, be cool. the diablo crossover bro i'm getting a charity call what the look at look at this yo if, if any of you guys <laughs> if any of you guys want to call this uh it's a charity call uh if you need some charity there you go there you go but you know what that's actually a perfect way to end the episode i think i think that's a perfect way um yeah. Lai, I wanted to just give you the floor for a couple of minutes and just if there's anything you wanted to say to LA Valiant fans or your own personal fans or whoever out there that you want to shout out, um, yeah, go ahead. The floor is yours. Um, well, if there's any Valiant fans, uh, I want to thank you guys for supporting us throughout this whole season. It's been a blast. It's definitely been unforgettable. And we really, really appreciate all your guys' support. And, you know, we... We fucking couldn't have done it without them. I'm, 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 I'm gonna be honest. We were like Tezande, all those people. We love you guys. Um, any personal fans? Again, thank you. Um, I'm surprised how how many people came up to me at Toronto and stuff. So, it's very, very appreciated and feel very loved. Um, if you don't follow follow my Twitter, liar under underscore ow. Um, my Twitch is liar ow no underscore. Um. And if you're interested in some coaching sessions, I do do coaching sessions. So, you know, if you are interested, just DM me on Twitter uh, and I'll get back to you guys. But uh, thanks for having me on, man. This was yeah, really no fun. Yeah, no worries. Um, I'll put your Twitter, Twitch. And if you send me a link to your coaching thing as well, I'll put that in the description 
My coaching shit is just DMs. Like I don't have like just a, DMs? Like a yeah, it's, okay. it's not a site or anything. There it's you go. DMs. I'll put your uh, Twitch and Twitter and stuff down in the description. And uh, yeah, this is available on Spotify too. So I think I can edit the descriptions in there. But if not, I appreciate everybody that listens on Spotify. It's actually a surprising lot of you. So uh, yeah, Lia, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we'll see you for the next episode. Peace out.